0: Previously on The Legacy of Gaia, he smiled, she smiled back. She knew he didn't really need her help, but she didn't want to admit that to herself just yet. This is episode 16 of The Legacy of Gaia. (sighs) (sighs) Ah, I am bored, 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 Shui sighed. As he made his dark purple cue jump eagerly between his fingertips as if it were a water dance in a fountain he looked up from his desk within the cold dungeon chamber and stared at his new Delay Delay's head had rolled onto its side and just stared back at his master his breathing sounded painful and one of his eyes kept rolling seemingly loose in his skull tell me Delay she began do you hate me for what I did to you Delay quivered slightly His breathing started to have a slight rasp to it and he wondered whether his master was trying to trick him. In any case, Delay thought back to what master could mean but his brain started to hurt the further back he tried to remember. He started to remember a past life when he was a young knight of Gaia from a distant Valhalla the name of which eluded him. Then he recalled the first time he saw his master it was through a window. Why was he spying on him? He thought harder and remembered the feeling of excitement and adrenaline. That was it. He'd been sent to kill Shui. Only now he could just about remember the night. It was dark and musty. There was a surprising lack of people around until... He realised there was some kind of festivity occurring within the Darklands. The guards were drunk and merry. Having easily penetrated the enemy wall without alerting anyone... He had killed the guard station at the left of Shwee's Manor by twisting the man's neck. Slowly, he had crept up to a window with a light on, and when he looked in, he saw a bunch of decapitated bodies huddled in one of the corners. It looked like a messy pile of bloody clothes, until he could make out faces and limbs. Then from behind a sofa that was facing the door opposite, a head was thrown. As it lay still in front of the window... The young knight saw a pale, horrid example of what used to be a face. Twisted and gruesome, its final moments not without pain. He ducked and bent over, retching, but quickly gained control over himself. As he slowly rose and looked back up, Shui was staring right at him from the window, smiling. It was then that he was grabbed from behind and fell unconscious. Delay? Shui asked again. Did you not hear me? Shui made his cue stop dancing. Forgive me, sir. Why would I hate you? Delay replied. For what I did. Keeping you alive hundreds of years to torture you, break you, make you mine. Are there no people that you miss? Shui asked spitefully. If I did, it would be useless, sir. Or they would be dead... "'The Delay answered, monotonously. "'Ah, quite right. "'Well, I guess it would not be me you'd be angry at. "'For I was your enemy, and you should have expected it from me somewhat. "'But not your superiors.' Shree took a sip of water as he toyed with his servant. "'Sorry, sir. I do not understand.' "'Ah, <sighs> sorry. "'I usually wait years until I break this news to my delays, "'but I'm so bored and yet so excited about the war "'that I feel like a giddy child.' Every now and then, when I feel like I might need a new delay, or just to have a few on standby, I am able to get certain people in charge to send me young knights such as yourself. Delay's head rocked back in shock. He had to move it to its side and steady it again before he could carry on. You had dealings with my superiors at the Valhalla They knew what would happen to me. Oh, not all of them, just one. I forget who yours was, it was so long ago. And you all look the same now, anyway. Scabs, scars and wounds don't differ so much, you know. And yes, it wasn't a whole group of them. Anyone else would have sent you on a good faith. Well, do you hate me? Delay paused. He was nothing but a shadow of his former self. A tortured beast, humiliated and unrecognisable as to what was once human. Something inside must have been broken... They would see this slavery as a godsend from the torturous hell that they were used to. "'No, sir. I do not hate you,' he answered. "'Good, good. Now go get me another glass of water. I'll be talking with the Queen soon.' Today, walked out of the room and down the hallway, but with every step, something bubbled beneath him that he hadn't felt for hundreds of years, and it scared him. Hemero felt like he was wandering in a desert being led by sheer thirst— He felt the heat beating down on him, the noises of things that didn't really exist banging in his ears. Instead, it was the tall, thin man who had saved him called Liridius. The stranger had dark, pop marked skin. must have been no more than 40. His hair was long and black, and he had a strange tattoo covering his right eye. It looked like someone had spilled ink there, and it had run to his cheek. As Liridius took him around the village, Hemero realised he'd spent a long time sitting in shock, as there was now a calm over the village and the sun was beginning to rise the man holding his hand was talking to him but he was not listening instead the faces of misery, grief and despair etched on every villager's face filled his mind they imprinted themselves within him after some time walking Hemero saw Finn run out of a nearby house and hug him Hemi, you made it where were you? I was... Hemero found that he could not finish a sentence Finn immediately saw something was wrong and decided to break the awkward silence Nyokax is in the square he's being celebrated as a hero he saved 19 people last night Hemro took a deep sigh and hung his head as he followed Finn to the square so you know this hero everyone is talking about Liridius asked yes sir Hemero answered the man nodded his head as they were walking Finn thought he'd better fill Hemro in on what Nyokax did and then he jumped over two houses and landed in a nearby field with both of the old women. Finn smiled and waited for a reaction. Hemro turned with an icy glare that made all three of them stop in their tracks. ''And what did you do, Finn?'' Hemero asked, thrusting his finger into Finn's chest hard enough to leave a bruise. ''Why haven't you said how you helped? Did you sit in the corner crying for your mummy or your brother to help you? Did you just run and hide and wait until we did everything? Did you watch someone die, Finn?'' "'knowing there was nothing you could do, "'because you didn't do anything.' Finn just stood there, staring back at Hemero, "'his face growing paler as Hemero's eyes stared straight at him. "'That's enough, young man,' "'Liridius piped in, pulling them apart. "'They all walked together towards the main square, "'where already cheering and loud singing "'could be heard from the local villagers. "'The buildings were left in tatters, "'and there was a strong smell of smoke still hanging in the air, "'and worse, death.' In the middle of the square, atop a large bearded man's shoulders, sat Nyokax with a hint of a smile drawn on his face as everybody praised him and tried to shake his hand. Hundreds had gathered that were still able to walk, most covered in silt and with blood over their cheap, tattered clothes. The other three stood outside the crowd watching the commotion. Lurilius turned to an old man, stooped over beside him and asked what was going on. The young hero, cried the old man. Come from the local Valhalla the save us from the undead. People are saying he might be Gaia incarnate. Nonsense, Lirilius suddenly snapped back. Gaia would have nothing to do with the Darklands. It's as clear as day that he's one of them. Hemer suddenly kept completely still. How did Lirilius know Nyakax might be from the Darklands? Was it that obvious? Does he already know for sure? The Darklands. The old man suddenly started trembling over the words tumbling out of his mouth. I am certain, old man. Just look at him. I can see a member of the Darklands from anywhere, having once been part of them myself, you know. Neridius took Finn and Hemero in each hand, led them to the middle of the square. The old man was left still second-guessing whether his hearing had finally gone. As they approached the square, Nyakax got down and walked up to the others. Hemero was visibly angry, but Finn had a big grin on his face. Nya looked up to see who they were standing with and felt a shudder as he suddenly caught Lurilius' gaze. Finn went to speak, but Nya interrupted him. ''Who is this stranger?'' he asked coldly. So much so, the other villagers suddenly fell in silence as they looked on. ''I am Lurilius, former knight of Gaia, son of...'' Lithius." The last word spoken as if it had a sour taste on his tongue. ''Lithias?'' ''Then we are kindred.'' "'Perhaps. I wondered whether you might think that, though I have no tie to your family. "'I are yours, sir, but my father tells me that Lithius was our saviour. "'He is the one that brought us together. "'Your father is a liar, young man.' "'Nycax took a step forward, but Lurilius put his hands up and said quietly, "'I do not mean to offend you, young man, "'but do not believe everything your parents tell you. "'You must make your own judgments." I am aware of your father and who he is and I can also imagine he told you never to speak Lithius's name outside of the household and maybe you should honour this. Nyakax backed down. That's true. How do you know of this? Lyrilius leaned into Nyakax and whispered We will talk, but not now. The boy nodded in agreement and suddenly addressed everyone watching them as the crowd began to murmur and were wondering what was happening. I apologise for my behaviour. We had a little uh, misunderstanding. He boomed across the crowd. He looked in Hemero's direction merely to gloat. Nyagax hated talking in front of large crowds but was adoring the spotlight or at least pretending to just to wind Hemero up. For those who do not know this is Lurilius. He is the real hero having given up his knighthood to help everyone here. Lurilius shot him a fierce look. Nyakax only then realised Lurilius would now have known they'd been spying on him. It also didn't help the confidential nature of their mission. There were some mutterings. I said, why don't do things like this? Nyakax thought as he prepared to cover his tracks. To venture the roads, wherever it may lead him, and help those whose paths he crosses. The wandering hero. Nyakax turned to Lurilius with an apologetic face and then bowed to the villagers who cheered him some clearly still confused with what just happened. Do what urgent work we can now, the bearded man who had carried Nyakax spoke out in a loud, booming voice. For tonight we feast in celebration of our friends from across the hills. The crowd cheered as everyone smiled, apart from Hemero, who remained completely silent. He did not move save to stare at Nyakax. Where's Rose? Nyakax turned round and asked. Why, missing her? Hemero sneered. Nykaks ignored the comment and turned to Finn. She's inside the medical housing here. She's helping the injured. They all walked to what looked like a village meeting room. It seemed to be the largest place that hadn't been burned down. Half of the outer wall had, however, collapsed, revealing the horrors of what lay inside. Men and women were running to and from makeshift beds, bringing water and trying to ease the agony of the wounded. On first appearance, they didn't seem like there was any structure to what was going on, but yet there was definitely an air of organised chaos. At the far end of the hall, where most of the people and noise was coming from, the others could see Rose looking tired and drawn, her cue a mere dim glow rather than the burning white light they had seen before. They walked up to her, and Hemro took her by the hand. You have to stop, Rose, he insisted. You look like you're about to faint. Then suddenly, as if waiting for permission, she collapsed into him. The crowd started to panic slightly and Finn once again took control as Lerilius picked up the young girl and carried her outside to sit her down somewhere calm. Rose opened her eyes slightly to see Lirius looking at her searching her face as if there might be an apparent wound that could be healed. Naya, she murmured and closed her eyes once more. Hemero and Nya looked at each other briefly before they noticed Lirius had stood up and started walking away. Where are you going? Hemero shouted after him find her a bed. She'll rest for the remainder of the day like the rest of us. The two boys stood silently over Rose for a few minutes. What happened to you, Hemi? Lycax asked. What do you mean? I mean, what did you do last night? Rose helped out, even Finn, who hates getting into bother, put in his bit. Yet you seemed to just disappear. What happened? Hemero wondered if this was a trick. Lycax looked extremely earnest, yet it was a statement that suggested Hemero didn't do anything, which, in fact... He did not. He sighed and hung his head, wondering whether he could tell Nyakax the truth. I froze, Naya. I froze and it cost someone their life. Nyakax wondered if he would elaborate, but instead he could see Hemray was going over the scene in his head. What happened? A young boy was trapped and I tried to help, but my mind went blank. And I suddenly found myself not knowing what to do. The boy was screaming and... And. Emero broke down into tears. Nycax walked up and placed his hand on his shoulder. Listen, I can't imagine how horrible that must have been. But you have to believe you can do this. Because you can. And I don't understand it, but I've sensed a change has come over you. This is your calling, Emero. And if Gaia willed that boy to die, then. Then so be it. Why would Gaia want some innocent boy to die? It's nonsense. I don't know Hemi and maybe we're not meant to know but he's dead so either learn from it and grow stronger or let it smother you and wallow in self-pity death will happen to us all one way or another but don't believe you can't help these people Hemero because you can they might think I'm a hero but it was nothing more than what you would have done Rose stirred and Nyakax took that as a sign to leave he wandered towards the outskirts of the village while Rose shuffled up to lay her head in Hemero's lap But all Henry was aware of was a tiny gap between the houses in front of him. Between the gap, he could see the house in which the boy died, and he had not listened to a word Nyokax had said. Later that night, there was a huge fire in the middle of the square. Dancing had taken place, and the women were putting on shows for their other halves sitting in the audience. There was a small group of people singing in the corner, as some makeshift drums were driving the rhythm. Unmarried men and women all dressed in their finest colourful outfits, danced in a separate area on one side of the fire. Hemero and the others had been sat there. Finn and Rose were joking and dancing around, enjoying the festivities, and even Hemero was able to crack a smile and relax after the previous evening's ordeal. However, Nyakax and Lurilius sat in near silence at the edge of the party. Nyakax, tell me, do you know the history of my father... The stories I hear of how Lithius helped rid our land of tyranny and oppression. That he helped my father, and then was overpowered by another. We were in danger and we had to leave. We cannot tell anyone about it for fear we might be found and slaughtered. Lycax answered coldly. Hmm. Lerilius mused over this for a few moments before coughing and nodding. That's what worries me. Why? This age of tyranny your father speaks of. That was under the command of Gaia. What do you mean? Quite down. There are ears everywhere. We, as former Dark Clan members, are never to be trusted. Or to trust. It is a foul lesson that you will learn. Nygax played with the shoelace, and the way it was tangled up into a knot suddenly became mesmerising. The way one simple piece can hold something together and keep it secure the way it is shaped and the rules that make it twist in a certain way. I do not consider myself part of the Dark clan, sir. Lerilius nodded, a slow, thoughtful nod that meant he understood the young boy. He placed a hand on his shoulder and kept a firm grip. And neither did I. Yet it does not stop others, and more importantly, it will never cease. The problem with swapping sides is that neither will ever trust you. Just remember who your friends are and even then keep on them a watchful eye it's a curse our forefathers placed on us Aurelius picked up a handful of dirt and let it fall into the ground before he patted it dry and wiped his hands on his trousers I'll heed your words but rest assured I'm a good judge of character Aurelius laughed <laughs> the arrogance of youth I used to believe in what my clan was fighting for a land for the future under my father's rule but my father was not a leader, merely a selfish, self-indulgent man with a thirst for power. He was merely a pawn for Shui. Shui? asked Naya. You do not know of Shui. Nyakak shook his head. Lurilius looked deeply perturbed and glanced around him once more. He leaned in close, and the air around them felt heavy. It seemed that nothing but the sound of Lurilius' voice could be heard. Then this is also worrying. You let Nya catch straight in the eye. Shui is the leader of the Darklands, child. It is not told of where he came, but people believe he was born from the sky, and depending on who you talk to, sent here as the new Gaia. He was found beside a river many, many moons ago, and has been around for centuries, coming in and out of hiding. He has a remarkable power that not many can match, and some say never be beat as powerful as he may be there is another more so than he Shui believes he is the conduit for a higher source and as rumour has it he has channeled this power into a human entity a woman whom he calls the Queen Queen? I've never heard of a Queen shh, not so loud it is said only he has seen or spoken to her he has created a following around this woman a very substantial following. But his detractors believe this is a mere ploy, a figurehead to rouse a rebellion, a final effort to gather the necessary forces he needs for an attack on the remaining Valhallas, protecting the lands from his rule. Believe me, his path carries much death and disease. His claims of being the true Gaia are completely unfounded. Indeed, The history of the Darklands comes from those who opposed Gaia in the first place, as I'm sure you know. But then, I guess everything always changes with time. Nycax didn't know what to say. This man, this strange knight who clearly had a disposition about him, was being too forthcoming. What would this man gain by telling him this? Nycax felt he needed context. He needed to figure out this man before this was all over. You know a lot, Lorinius. How's this so? What path led you to knighthood? Ireneus picked up his sword and began sharpening it on a small, black, oval rock that appeared from his pocket. The noise felt somewhat comforting and had a steady rhythm to it. Naya had realised he had overstepped the mark and quietly turned his attention to the night sky. The sharpening stopped. It was my father. really dug his sword into the earth in front of him and studied it slowly, looking for chips, scratches stubborn blood marks. I left after knowing the truth of my father. Our lands were peaceful under Gaia's rule. There was no tyranny, as your father calls it. We were simple folk, and my father, a simple man. That was, until he began working for the Dark Clans. Then he changed. My mother noticed it first, and they had begun arguing. They'd never really argued before, or if they had done... My father would bring back purple flowers from the market, my mother's favourite. She always forgave him, for she knew he had a warm heart. Lurilius smiled, then put away his sword. Then one night my father came back late. It must have been late as the shouting woke me up. This wasn't a normal argument. Things were being smashed. They were shouting and my father sounded angry. I hid in the cupboard until it stopped and then I fell asleep. I found my father looking into the smouldering ash of what had been a fire. When he turned round to me, his eyes were bloodshot. His face had aged a thousand years and I could see he had been crying. He told me my mother had gone, that she had left us, that she did not believe in us anymore and had to go. I did not know what he meant by us, and I still don't truly know. Yet on that day, each and every year... My father would bring purple flowers home and put them in my mother's favorite vase. Lurilius was crying. Your father believed in what he thought was right. No, Lurilius spat. My father got a taste for power and it consumed him. He and others turned against their own people, their own neighbors, colleagues, friends. They tried to help them see a life without Gaia, and those who openly disagreed, they were killed. Killed. Yes, I watched my father slice the tongue out of a man for praising Gaia before sawing his head off with a kitchen knife. I watched him descend into madness as he made ordinary citizens pray to the Queen and beg for forgiveness before hanging them outside their own homes. His taste for death knew no bounds. When I was old enough, I had to leave. And you came to Norheath? Yes, I deserted my clan, my own father, to start a new life at the Valhalla at Norheath. I was accepted after rigorous tests and swore to protect those that loved me and took care of me, which I did. Did your father not love and protect you? He did, in his own way. Have you seen him since? No. Never. He belongs to Shui and the Queen now. They are his family, and my family are the people of Norheath. You, Hemero, Rose, the other kid, all of you. We will protect each other, for I am a knight. Lividius laughed out loud. (laughs) I was a knight, but now no longer. Nothing more shameful than a dishonorably discharged knight. Lividius started playing with the scorched grass by his feet, picking it up in clumps and throwing it to his side. "'creating a small pile of long, brown, cindered strips of land. "'Yet your courage remains intact. "'They will surely let you back in,' I reassured him. "'They will not, young one. "'I have a dark history, "'and one that leaves me a lonesome night at the best of times. "'Any excuse to have me dropped, they would take. "'Maybe it was fate. "'It is not often I run into someone of the Darklands "'who has not been fooled by their twisted ways. "'I'm not twisted either way, sir.' I see things for how they are. I take your comments on board, but not as gospel. Irelia smiled. <laughs> then you are not a fool, and neither would I hope you be. Nykax returned the smile and stuck out his hand. Lilius gripped it firmly and gave it a single hard shake. Behind them, the moon had risen to its fullest height and illuminated the world around them, exuding a silver shine over the black shroud covering the land. Dance? Rose held her hands out to both of them. A brief glance between them and Aurelius nodded. Sure, the knight said. For once, I feel like I might have something to smile about. If you wish to support the show, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash legacy of Gaia. If you wish to skip ahead, you can actually buy the book on Amazon right now. You can follow the link in the description. You can follow us on Twitter at legacy of Gaia or email us at legacyofgaia at gmail.com if you enjoyed the show please remember to rate or review us on your podcast platform of choice thank you for listening and see you next time